To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now with Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And 62318. Welcome, Cone fans, to another edition of the Wide Right Natty Light Podcast. Today we're going to go ahead and preview the first football game of the year for the Iowa State Cyclones. Fall is finally here. Uh, that off-season between Iowa State-Purdue game and the first college football game seems like it took forever, but it's finally here. The season will go by quick. There's a lot of things to be excited about over in Jack Trice Stadium. Uh, we got a couple of our contributors here with us tonight, uh, Matias and Levi. I'm going to start with Matias. I'm going to bring you in. What are your plans for, for Saturday, Matias, for the first game? Well, <clears throat> tailgating for sure. I got my brother and or brother-in-law and sister coming up. They're you and I graduates, but they still kind of cheer for the Cyclones as it is, just because we're mainly a Cyclone family now. That my little sister and I graduated from Iowa State, so kind of a little a short family rivalry, but nothing too crazy like it would be if they're they're Iowa people. But um, yeah, they'll be tailgating. And I think I'm gonna try to make the rounds and try to find most of our other contributors. So we'll see what see what happens on Saturday. So there'll be some beer drink, that's for sure. Those seven o'clock kickoffs are awfully dangerous, depending on uh, how aggressive you get early. You gotta you gotta pace yourself. Usually that that first game, it's about 108 freaking degrees, and you're sitting there trying to, you know, alternate beer, water. I I know the last one I went to. Uh, it was about 100 degrees. I ended up, I brought a change of clothing just because I knew I was going to sweat all the way through my first layer. Brought a change of clothing and change into it. That was, that was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Should be good weather on Saturday. It's supposed to be like in the 80s or something like that. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So uh, at this point, I want to bring in Levi, our new uh, managing editor, boss, Editor, uh, overlord, overlord. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 title do you prefer to go by, Levi? And would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Because I don't think you've been on one of these before. Yeah, I think uh, my preferred title would be like Supreme Commander or something along those lines. Uh, no, I, I graduated from Iowa State in fall of 2014 uh, with construction engineering. So I uh, work in Cedar Rapids now as a for work for a contractor. So. And I've uh, pretty much been you cheering get... on the Cyclones my uh, my whole life. So Do you get really pissed when uh people people mix up the definitions between concrete and cement cuz I've you got know, a buddy that you, know, uh, you have no idea. Whenever I'm going out wherever, I think my, <laughs> I think my parents do to piss me off anymore enough. We're like like oh my god, that guy found the cement. It's like ma not cement, <laughs> concrete. <laughs> and she like this is a stupid ass snicker on her face. Like she knows she's doing it to piss me off. She know and she knows she knows she's doing it, and she keeps doing it. Yeah, I, I, I've got a I've got a buddy that went through the the Connie program at Iowa State, and I used to I used to say shit like that all the time. And uh, now now that I know that it, it kind of rubs in the wrong way, I make sure that uh, anything well, like I can, you, you know, sure. my yeah. my opinion, yeah. 
my opinions are are always etched in cement. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, the the Northern Iowa Panthers are coming in to Jack Trice. Uh, unfortunately, uh, on a, a little bit of a winning streak in in Iowa State's area. Uh, on Saturday. Though I think it's a different vibe compared to what happened last year. I don't. I don't think anyone really expects um, an upset on Saturday. It looks like the line's around 13 or 14 points. But let's just focus on the Iowa State uh, side of the ball when, when they've got Jacob Park and company on offense. What are you looking for out of them on Saturday, Matthias? <laughs> Jacob Park to go crazy. <laughs> I've I've been waiting for this day for a long time just because I'm a big Jacob Park guy after, you know, kind of watched him take over a little bit for Joe Lanning last year. And it, I I think you're going to see a different quarterback from what we saw last year. I mean, we saw a pretty good quarterback out there already. Just, I mean, he didn't have that full off season under his belt. I mean, he still looked pretty good. I mean, he's efficient and all that stuff. So, um I mean, I don't think they're going to go crazy passing the ball the whole time just because I think they'll try to establish the both pass and the run, especially against U9 in the first game, see what they can muster up. But um, I think Jacob Park's going to have a big year, so I think it starts starts on Saturday night. Um, and, I mean, the ability, between, the ability to run the ball between David Montgomery and Mike Warren What's it going to be like? Who's going to get the bulk of the carries and things like that? And will we even see Johnny Lang in there as well? It sounds like he's going to play in some sort of fashion. We just don't know what that's going to be. Could even be kick returner, but um, he sounds like a stud. What they're making it sound out to be that he is. Um, so, I, I mean, I think I think they're going to control the ball at least a little bit just to kind of get their feet under him. So. Um, should be interesting to see kind of the wrinkles and especially Joe Lanning on offense. What's that going to look like? Levi, what, what besides Jacob Park, Joe Lanning, Alan Zard, those are those are kind of the mainstays on on offense. Obviously, you got the running backs. What are, what are you looking forward to to looking for on Saturday for the offense? Yeah, actually, to, to play off a little bit on what Matias was going on, I, don't, I actually don't think that. Uh, I don't think Campbell will will play that Joel Lanning on offense card this weekend. I think he's going to save that for Iowa. So I don't think I don't think we're going to need it for you and I. I, God, I hope not. We I hope we don't need it. <laughs> we shouldn't need it. Um, um, so as long as the game is well in hand, I don't think he'll I don't think he'll play that card. I think he's going to try to use that next weekend against Iowa, just as a another wrinkle to throw at a pretty young and inexperienced defense. Uh, and actually, if I had to take a guess. I don't think Park will have I don't think Jacob Park will have like a really big game. I don't think he'll be throwing for 400 yards or anything silly like that. No. Partially because I'm fairly confident that Montgomery will probably be able to, he'll be able to establish mm-hmm. himself on the ground. You'll probably get Mike Warren. It would now it would it would surprise me significantly less to see both Dave Montgomery and Mike Warren hit 100 yards tomorrow night. Then it, it would surprise me less than than if Jake Park hit 350 yards. I think I think the running game is going to be a big key because uh, you and I is coming in with seven new offense or new assistant coaches. I mean, pretty much the only one that came back was was uh, Coach Farley. So I mean, they're going to have a brand new defensive coordinator now. He has you know Farley's got his fingerprints all over that program. So you know they're still going to play hard. They're still basically Kansas State light. 
Um, so they're yeah. still going to play. They're still going to play hard. They're still going to play technically sound. Um, but they are still. They're still going to be learning a new defensive system, and and you know we can use this argument all day and night. But I mean, they really are working with less talent too. Plus, now you have our guys, which are working. You know, they, pretty much essentially the entire offense came back. The yeah, offensive line didn't, but that's not necessarily such a bad thing. Um, uh, so you got a you got a whole group of guys that are really clicking on all cylinders and. I don't know if Matt Campbell is just the ultimate hype machine, but man, he knows how to make a fan base feel really good about everybody. <laughs> yeah, I think you're. I think you're spot on with that too. Especially if they're gonna get the run going, and what better way to get a offensive line that's kind of pieced together in air quotations, just because of <laughs> Julian Good Jones is your only returning starter from last year. I mean, obviously Jake Campos has started a bunch of games for Iowa State during his time here, but there's no better way to get an offensive line turning than running the ball right away. I mean, you can anybody can pass protect. I mean, that's just a totally different thing. But it's a lot tougher to run block, in my opinion, effectively than it is to sit back and have a oh, have a uh, defensive tackle come at you, you know, that kind of thing. So, oh, yeah, yeah I absolutely. think that first drive, they're going to pound the ball, I think. No, I don't think it would be more than the first drive. I mean, the first two, they usually – I think they usually script the first couple drives in a game, and mm-hmm. I would be willing to bet 90% of those are going to be run plays. They're just going to be running out of the shotgun. They might throw a screen pass or something just to get the defense to pull up. But the just the the most encouraging thing too is last year when you had the you had the new coaching staff come in and there wasn't really a a solid foundation there. There's this is the first time I've experienced as a Cyclone fan coming into a football season and realize all right, all of our starters are they're very they're high quality players. You know, maybe without with the exception of the offensive line. I mean, I would say it's fourth receiver could you know is is a Big Twelve caliber. I mean, that's a, I mean that's that's saying something for Iowa State, especially. I mean, going all the way down, you know, if you're if Deshante Jones or Trevor Ryan or Hakeem Butler is your fourth receiver, you're in a good place. A couple points I wanted to to hit on. I I do agree that Iowa State has more talent than than you and I. Uh, sometimes I do think – I don't think the fans give a school like you and I enough credit sometimes. I don't think they really realize how close Northern Iowa is to that Division One, to that Division One level. Mm-hmm. If you think back to uh, the teams that Iowa State has lost to at the FCS level, then you think to the players that were on those teams, you're talking the one year they're losing to Carson Wentz, Quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, just just David look at Johnson. two teams ago. They had David Johnson. He's the best running back in the NFL now. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know the the whole rhetoric or, or of the fan base sometimes is, I think that I think they think of of you and I as being like a co college or a, a Loris or something like that, where mm-hmm. I would say just has to show up and win, where. It, it's really not not that case, you know. If you and I was in the in the Big Twelve, um, they'd be they'd be right down there, obviously, with Iowa State and Kansas. But they're going to compete on on a pretty regular basis with the Kansas. Oh, they'd, and Iowa they'd, States of the they'd world. beat Kansas. I think they'd beat Kansas more times than not. Oh yeah, and Wait, and they've Kansas had, and they've is going up against Southwest against. Missouri State this weekend. <laughs> I don't feel that confident about them beating them. Do you guys, you guys wish that Iowa State would 
schedule, just an absolute cream puff like that instead of a game like you and I or North Dakota State? No. I'd rather I'm I'd rather undecided. them go. I'm undecided. Yeah, I think I'd rather them uh, play at least a high-caliber FCS team just because, I mean, you kind of know where you stand, especially you and I, like we're saying, you know, they have at least a decent amount of talent that they can compete. I mean, you'll know where you are after that first game. Like last year, we lost. Obviously, we we knew we weren't very good at that point, and we had things to work on, and we got better as the year went on. So, I mean, you kind of know where you're at at that point. And then sometimes, I mean, you know, there is that rare occasion that it may not even tell the whole story, but at least you, it's something you can work off rather than going up against a team that absolutely does not belong against you. See, I guess where I'm at with it is is you and I is just good enough where you have to take them seriously, but if you lose to them, it's no different than losing to Mount Union. Or whatever. I mean, you know, it's if you're if you're gonna schedule an easy game, schedule an easy game. Do what Alabama does. Schedule Southwest Alabama Tech Community College for week thirteen after they play Ole Miss or whatever, and just just beat the snot out of them. You know, that's that's what they do. Is they just they schedule their cream puff right right in the middle of the season for no reason. But you know, you don't have to put them in the middle of the season. But if you're putting them there, you'll. Put someone in there that you either know you're going to kick the crap out of and actually get into a rhythm, or you schedule someone like some shit program like a Rutgers or, um, you know, or like a Colorado State or something. I guess Colorado State's not really a shit program. That might actually be a good, a decent game to start off with. But something, you know, something that's on a Power 5 level that you could say, all right, we beat a Power 5 team, or, you know, we beat, we beat a Division one team, you know, a, an FBS team at least. Um, you could say you did that right off the bat, whereas if you beat UNI, it's impressive to literally nobody. But if you lose to UNI, that's a, it's bad. It's no different than losing to a, a bad FCS program as, as opposed to a good FCS program as far as national perspective goes. So I think it's kind of – I don't know. I think it's almost kind of a lose-lose situation, Um for Iowa State, I mean, it's still a fun, it's still a fun game because you get, there's so many UNI grads and Iowa State grads just in Iowa, and it's a fun family atmosphere. It's not like the Iowa game where we, you know, there's legitimate detest for the other family. It's like for, I think for the most part, <laughs> you and I, you know, Panthers and Cyclones, we all get along because you and I. My theory is that you and I is, will always be second in people's hearts. Like I don't think anybody cheers for you and I as their first team, but they're always the second team. And and you know I think they get the two fan bases get along well enough. It's still, so it's still a really, you know, fun atmosphere. The tailgating's great and everything, but as far as just an actual game for the program, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a whole lot to be gained out of playing you and I. I, I kind of wish that football scheduling was, was more like basketball scheduling where you didn't have to schedule it seven, eight years in advance you could do it after after evaluating your season and schedule for the next season i know obviously logistically you can't really do that um with the way with the way it works basketball it's a little easier to do that but if you could it would be it would be easier to adjust that schedule to where if you know you had a better team you could schedule a little bit better opponents if you knew that you're going to be absolutely shitty you stock that non-conference up with two guaranteed wins the thing with that is mm-hmm. you've got a fan base that's energized going into October no matter what. Even even yeah. if they're they're 3 and 0 against little sisters of the poor 
everyone's saying, ah, they beat them by a touchdown. Are they really for real? Fans are still going to show up to watch a 3-0 football team. Um, it, it doesn't matter. You know, Iowa State goes out and schedules Alabama, Florida State, uh, another powerhouse, I don't know, Ohio State. They go 0-3, close games. I'm not sure that you're going to get a full-capacity crowd there for that fourth game. Uh, the, the power yeah. of a win in college football, uh, I think, outweighs the, the power of opponent, where in, in basketball it's, it's obviously a little different. Well, it's a little bit different for a program like us, too, where like a program like Alabama, you know, it's worth it for them. It's worth it for them to schedule the big boys because they know that they can compete and they'll probably win. Whereas, like us, if we schedule in Alabama, we're the we're the team that's getting sent to go get punked <laughs> or whatever. So, I mean, like if we're if we're just being straight here, I mean, we're not we're not the one that's going in favored. Um, so there's less to gain. You know, there's more to gain for us scheduling. You know, scheduling some crap school to play and just beat up on and get a get a free win to make the fans feel good. But for a team, you know, once you get up into that you know that high level program, that's why you never you never see Oklahoma. They don't you know they don't schedule. You know, FCS teams. They might schedule a low, like a low-level division. You know, F- FBS teams, but they don't ever. You don't see them ever schedule the FCS schools because it doesn't do them any good. All right, let's 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 move on to the defensive side of the football. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss the question here to to Levi to start this, but uh, on defense, one one big addition. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, Camilo uh, Tangamoa, Camilo Tang- Tangamoa. Am I saying that right? Can you guys help me out? I think, I think you are. Or, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. He, he just arrived on campus. Um, I think he's Maui. Obviously, I was thinking are... Maui. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. If you've seen, Moana, I'm gonna be a little bit disappointed uh, like, if he know. like forces a fumble and like runs it back for a touchdown. If they don't play, you're welcome over the scoreboard. I'll be kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> if. Uh, if you've never seen, if you're a listener and you've never seen Moana, uh, you, you obviously don't have kids because I know the whole fucking soundtrack back and right. But uh, it was it's a spitting kids. image. I still know uh, the whole soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> it's catchy. I mean, I, I find myself every once in a while just, you know, you're welcome. Uh, the whole anyway. soundtrack is good except for the dumb crab song. That one's, that one's weird. The one yeah. by the, oh, yeah. by the, oh who is the uh, Flight of the Concords guys terrible and uh meanwhile matthias is over here deadly silent so i'm not i'm not sure if he hasn't hasn't watched it doesn't know what we're talking about or what don't have kids and i don't have never watched it but my my nephew watches it all the time i get snapchats from my sister of him watching it so i know of, you've just seen bits and pieces of it <laughs> yeah just <laughs> 10, 10 second snaps <laughs> So besides Tangamoa, uh, they, we have some, some returns coming back on, on defense. I think if any level-headed fan would say that the offense is ahead of the defense, but uh, what, are you, what are your keys? What are you looking forward to, to looking for on Saturday on the defensive side of the, the ball, Levi? Um, I think first thing is definitely going to be that defensive line, looking at the new guys, Ray Lima, Matt Levo, uh, Urezurike, whatever his name is. That's that's the one that's gonna no one's gonna be able to pronounce. Um, watching those three guys and then watching Jaquan Bailey, see how he's come over the offseason. I'm sure he's probably put on some muscle. Um, seeing it, seeing how those guys take on an offensive line, which is you know I was looking at the roster a little bit. And their their offensive line is a little undersized, 
Um, not like nothing crazy, but they're they're a little bit smaller than they're going to see. Like when they face Iowa, where they're like seven hundred pounds and they have their own gravitational field. Um, see, you know, they're going to be facing some smaller linemen a little bit. I want to see how because I think they should. They have the size and they have the talent there. They should be, you know, they should be a force up front. I want I want to see them dominating the offensive line of you and I. Um, if they're if they're just kind of him hawing back and forth, which they may for the first couple quarters, but if you know if it's the whole game and they're just kind of, you know, they're just kind of there, um, that would probably be a point of concern for me. But if I, I so I'm I'm looking to see the defensive line really get out and cause trouble for that offensive line from you and I. Yeah, Northern Iowa, I think they have three returning starters on the offensive line. Don't quote me on that because I'm not a 100% follower of you and I, but I think I read that. But, yeah, I, they're going to have to establish it this week, especially with, you know, Iowa coming in next week. So, you know, get their feet under them now would be the best option. Um, I'm not 100% sure what you and I is going to do on offense. I mean, you see last year when they had Aaron Bailey at quarterback against us, you know, they're kind of a mix and match type of offense, running with the quarterback, throwing the quarterback, using the running backs. But um, I think he, when he went down last year or they just replaced him with Eli Dunn, and they became more of like a passing offense. I mean, this guy threw for over 400 yards in one of their games. Um, and he completed 64% of his passes uh, for the season, but it was only in five games. But, um, you know, getting that pressure on him, not allowing him to establish the passing game will be key, I think, too. But even if we don't get that full adequate pressure, I mean, I think our defensive backs are good enough to slow, slow him down pretty pretty good. So um, I'm interested in that. And then I'm interested to see a full game out of Joe Lanning at middle linebacker. So first first game and no better time to get your feet on yourself than against you and I. So that should be fun to watch. And then who? what's the rotation going to be like a defensive back? Like, I mean, are we going to see some of the younger guys get in there, like Keontae Jones or, um, mm-hmm. oh, what's that other cornerback? Uh, Arnold Azuna. Yeah. He's, been, he's been, been kind of talked about a lot to camp. And then, uh, well, there's that other one that joined earlier. I can't think of his name right now, but. Another freshman, he'd be a true freshman. Um, we'll see what they kind of look like too. But I mean, I don't think they're going to get a full full game work like they would against the Big Twelve. But um, it'll just be interesting to see how they kind of rotate these guys in because I think they're going to use a lot of bodies this year. Speaking of Joe Lanning, uh, uh, who who's going to wear number seven? It seems like there's about eight guys on the roster that are. Uh, volunteering to wear number seven i think if uh it means there's a couple number sevens only counts as one player it could be a schematic advantage but I, i'm i'm sure that the big 12 especially won't won't let iowa state do that i think i think Maybe. willie harvey should wear number 77 so you have seven 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 across the <laughs> linebackers <laughs> maybe they'll allow them to have like a seven n or a seven j like they do in dirt track racing when the multiple guys have the same number so they just put a letter behind oh, it maybe allow them to do we that have a defense is just everybody's number seven and they have just different letters yep how, how outstanding <laughs> would that be well in, in basketball there's a there's a difference there you can have a you can have a double zero and a zero and those are actually counted as, as two different numbers i don't i don't think that works in football i don't know if you could put Joe Lanning is 007, no, no. and Willie Harvey is seven. Joe Lanning's got to be X. He's got to be Bill Goldberg's number for the longest yard. He's got to be X right in the middle of the defense. 
What's the what's the what's, what's, was, the, what's the over under on number of games before Joel Lanning forces a turnover? Four? Mm. Four and a half. So you think it's going to take him that long to get in there and really start messing stuff up? Because I mean, oh, he's going to be right I think he's there. going to try to mess up things first game. I think just by watching him in the spring game, I and mean, he was attacking. So I, I mean, I watched I'd, the. Uh, that 2015 Texas game where he just smoked that safety in the second quarter. He just ran his ass over. And I'm, I'm just thinking, it's like, oh, that poor guy. Like, he probably has children and he has a family that probably cared about him, and now he's dead. <laughs> and uh, I think he's, I think Joe Lanning's – oh, that would be so satisfying if Joe Lanning just blew up Akron Wadley. Can you imagine how great that would be? He just like blew his helmet off like Jadavian Clowney style. That'd be glorious. Blowing them up in a victory as well, too. And then we can have that for the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. I'll take, I'll take the win, but if I have to lose, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to destroy Akram Wadley. <laughs> well let's let's move on to uh the, the third side, I guess it would be of, of football. Uh special teams. Uh new kicker in place. Uh we can talk about Punt returners, kick returners, uh, pretty big injury as kick returners, one of the nation's best kick returners, Nanu Wangu, uh, isn't going to play against you and I. It's looking like he might redshirt. Um, what are you guys looking for on, on the special team side of the ball? Uh, and will they be as, as productive as Netton was last year, Nuwangu was last year returning kicks? Oh, huh. man, Johnny Lang is the dude. I want to see yep, him. Yeah, I think he'll be your kick returner. I mean, if, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Trevor Ryan will probably spell him here and there, um, or he'll be, you know, they'll they'll line up two of them back there and have Trevor Ryan on one side and have Johnny on the other side. But from everything I've seen and just kind of watching some of his tape from high school, that dude can run. I mean, he's I mean he's a little bit smaller, he's shorter than uh, than Nuwangu, but he is shifty as all hell. I mean, he actually he's just kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Jarvis West. Maybe not quite that extreme where, you know, I mean, Jarvis was the wide receiver version of Barry Sanders. But, you know, where he, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think Johnny Lang is quite there, but, you know, he's, he's, he is shifty and he's small. Like, I, like you'd lose him behind people. Yeah, I think it would be fun to watch him return kicks on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you really want to stick Trevor Ryan back there. I mean, he could be up there in punt returns, but hey, if you got a guy like Johnny Lang, you might as well just toss him in there. So it'd be worth yeah, it, especially if he's not going to see the ball or, I mean, see the field a whole lot at running back. But, um, you know. I'd be curious to see if, like, the, Keontae Jones could do it, too. Yeah, and he, he does have the return ability. I mean, he did it in high school, I and mean, he did more so a punt return than anything. But, I mean, I mean, if you do one, you could probably do the other. So, the same same uh, set of skills. Yeah. So, um, I guess I'm interested to see how Garrett Owens is kicking the ball, too. By all sounds, you know, it's, he can do it. So, I, I don't know if he'll be as, as effective as uh, Netton was. But, I mean, we got a whole season to figure that out. You know, I've been trying to figure out, too, like, what was the last, like, really bad kicker we had? Was I don't like, know. I always, rem- I always remember in the student section, <laughs> I was there yelling, you know, F Mahoney, so because <laughs> he would always come in. Yeah, and I know. One. It, like, Mahoney was like, he was a little bit, he was kind of a little bit erratic, but that dude had a cannon for a leg. Yeah. I mean, he could, I mean, he could hit 60 yarders. 
Yeah, my my roommate had a thing There's for a... yelling explicit at Mahoney. <laughs> <laughs> the one I always remember too. Well, I always remember that Iowa game when Shaggy hit five field goals. It was funny though because like the rest of his career he was kind of meh. He was just really good at that game. Yep. There's a story apparently. The uh, anyway, he uh, he he, mar- he married my pastor's daughter. That's what happened to him. <laughs> no shit. I don't know where he's at now, but I do know that for a fact. Well, there you go. Huh. Uh, there, there's a, a story of when Paul Rhodes got to Iowa State. He had two kickers on the roster. He didn't he didn't want two kickers on the roster. I guess he just used to berate. Uh, Mahoney, Mahoney, and the other kicker was it Zach? Yeah, Zach Geyer, I think at the time. Yeah, he yep. just sit there and tell them, tell them they're they're waste of a scholarship. They weren't going to make it. They're going to lose their scholarship just over and over and over in practice. Um, and I and I think it did end up working out all right. I think they ended up finally figuring out, um, you know, Mahoney's strong suit, uh, kicking off, kicking longer field goals. He was a great onside kicker uh, before they changed the change the rules of it being able to hit the, the ground or whatnot and and Geyer was better for for short range but uh kicking has has definitely been uh you know if you could have put Cole Netton on some of those teams back in the in the early or mid 2000s uh, we might be talking about a different type of Iowa State football if, if he could have made some of those kicks uh-huh. it's, it's funny a lot of those teams were just like two pieces away they were so close like that, like that, that uh, the Houston Bowl team from 2005 that had Todd Blythe and Brett Meyer and uh, uh, Walter Nickel at the tight end spot. And those were, and they had uh, Ellis Hobbs and Lamarcus Hicks. Those, that was a good team. It was a really good team. Well, the 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 biggest loss off that team for the next year was Jason Berryman. Jason Berryman had like five oh, sacks yeah. in that oh, game TV alone. Hicks that guy too. was stud. I think Stevie Hicks graduated that uh, year. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure uh, – what, what did Berryman get kicked off for? I think it was uh, some uh, relations in the element women's bathroom or, or something along those lines. Uh, can't say though he was probably the, the – I don't, I don't think he was probably the, the first or the last person that, that that happened to, though. Is that element still there? Uh, no. No? No. Oh man! Where was where was that one at? That was on. That, where was that on Welsh? It was above. Well, is Chasers still there on the bottom? It was above. It was above Chasers. Well, I think Chasers then became became the cave. Right? Oh, the no, cave! God. Good God! Because <laughs> you had the cave that was in the basement, and there was another bar above it. And because I don't, because that bar, like that whole thing, is switched out about a hundred times, and now. The cave is now called One Night Stand, and that's actually it's actually a pretty nice little bar. It's 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 nice. It's not like grungy and dirty like the cave always was. Which I you know I found this now too. Cause my my uh, my father went to I was staying in the eighties. He graduated in like eighty seven or something back when they were riding Triceratops to school. But they but he was like saying like the cave was like the coolest place to be. Like that everybody went to the cave. And I was like I've never seen anybody in there in my life. Like, I've walked in there to piss a couple times, and there was, like, nobody in there. So, yeah, it used to be the coolest place to go. It was weird because it completely changed, apparently. There used to be a bar called the Library there, too. They they kind of tried yeah. to emulate the one out of Cedar Falls, but 
I remember going in there and they had dollar tequila shots and that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, no dollar tequila and things happen. <laughs> they had, uh, when, when it was element on the, on the patio Friday, Friday afternoons, actually starting at about three, they had, I think it was $4 fish bowls and it was, oh, wait, it was literally that, was in, a, in a fish bowl. Is that where AJ's is now? Yeah. I wonder if that's where is it, that's, it's on top. It's got that. Well, AJ's yeah, is the whole station. thing now. AJ's is all three. AJ's is all three stories now, and then the second yep. floor has that. Oh, is it really? Back. Yep, yeah, that used okay. to be where Element was. Okay, okay yeah, I know it. Yeah. They, okay. They still they still do the fish bowls or not? No, well, it's, no, it's a whole not, different bar now. It's AJ's yeah, now because AJ's different was stuff. around the corner doing doing nothing in particular, and then they moved into where um, I think. Yeah, because they – oh, no, wait, did they move into where Yokes used to be briefly? No, they were just around the corner, and then they then they went over to where where Element was, over onto that other spot yeah. now. That was a bar that I really liked. I don't know if, if – I don't think it was there when you guys were in there, but Charlie Yokes. Charlie Yokes. Nope, it was there when well. I was there. Was it? That was a good bar. I liked that. That was that was one of my favorites. All right. Well, we, uh, we promised our, our six listeners are probably – four or three that are left uh, that we'd make some predictions for Saturday predictions for the year uh, and then, and then wrap this up. So I'm going to toss this first to to Matthias and from you, Matthias, I want to, I want a prediction for Saturday as well as looking at the the entire year, a bold prediction, right? Something, something pretty bold, something that we might not be, be thinking for. So, so both of those from you, Matthias. All right, so prediction for Saturday. I'm going 35-17, good guys win. As Good guys as in Iowa State, because you and I could be good guys too. But 35-17, Iowa State wins. Um, I think it would be kind of a slow game to start out, everybody feeling each other out, you know, kind of close, getting people a little bit nervous, and then Iowa State pulls away a little bit later. Um, bold prediction? I'm not sure if this one would be so quite bold, but possible. Um I'm going with Jacob Park. He's going to throw for over 3,500 yards and 20 touchdowns plus. So that's my kind of bold thing, just because I'm so high on Jacob Park. We'll toss it over to you now, Levi. What do you think? Uh, Saturday, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go 42-14. Uh, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit wider open game. I think it's going to be. They'll start out. They'll pull out to an early lead. Then uh, you and I might get some garbage garbage time points, you know, later midway through the fourth quarter or something like that. Or they'll maybe uh, maybe at halftime it'll be twenty eight to seven or something along those lines. Um, but I think it'll be pretty much. I think it'll be pretty comfortable the whole way. You'll see Dave Montgomery hit one hundred and twenty yards. Mike Warren probably be touching one hundred yards. Um, as far as a bold prediction for the season goes, I think that Ray Lima will be the defensive player of the year. Boom, for the team for the team or in the Big Twelve for the Big Twelve Big Twelve defensive player. Wow, ah, here we go. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my all of that cooler. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my uh, bold prediction from from last season. I think I made it about the third week. I think uh, Deshante Jones will end up breaking by the time he leaves Iowa State. I think he'll end up breaking uh, Todd Blythe's record, possibly. Alan Lazard's record for the most career touchdown receptions in Iowa State history. He got six last year. Um, 
I could see him getting into double digits this year. I think he's just a, a threat that's kind of going under the radar right now uh, and one that I, I think could end up uh, making some noise noise this fall. The tricky part for him hey. is he's got to break the season single season touchdown record, and he's got to he's got to break it a couple times. Basically, he's got to he's going to have to hit double digits at least one season. He has to average has to have just under nine from here on out. I think we got a little bit of breaking news flying here, kids. I think we got ourselves a football commitment. Uh, we need to get a siren. Like Josh, a siren effect in here. Josh Madison from Newberry Park, California. He is an athlete. 82-88 composite rating, 24-7. Not that it's going to be breaking by the time somebody listens to this, but breaking right now while we're sitting here. What, what position did you say you played? He's listed as an athlete. He's probably and he's on the Polynesian Bull roster, if that makes any difference yes! to you guys. I love Polynesian <laughs> players. They have the coolest names. Like, if we can just have a whole team full of Hawaiian people, that'd be fantastic. It'd be like Utah, like, five years ago, when they had, like, 100 Polynesian people, and it was awesome. Is this, uh, <laughs> is this guy related to Ashley Madison by chance? <laughs> the porn star? <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. All right, moving on. So, uh, <laughs> some of, you know, there, there's at least one or two people out there that probably that didn't go over their head, so or on their head. What of the two? Season season prediction. I'm looking for uh, wins and losses. That's it. If if six or more wins, possibly, uh, what type of bowl game that we could expect them to go to? So. Matthias, what do you think for the entire season? All right. Well, mine mine kind of fringes on the Iowa game. Beat Iowa, they're going to go seven and five. Lose Iowa, they're going six and six. But either way, they're going bowling. Levi, what do you think? I am. Uh, I'm right there with them. Actually, I think they're going to be seven and five. I think you beat you and I, Iowa, Akron, uh, then Kansas, Texas. Texas Tech and Baylor. I think you beat all of those, you get seven wins. Or, you know, maybe for for some reason Texas is actually living up to the hype for the first time since Vince Young. Um, <clears throat> or I guess Cole McCoy. Um, if they actually live up to the hype, maybe say you drop that game. And, you know, it's, it's funny because the Kansas State game every year, I'm like, you know what, always close with them. This, one of these times we're just going to end up being on the right side of that. And you know what? Bill Snyder make, breaks my damn heart. He breaks it every year, and uh, you know, no, fuck that. No, we're gonna we're gonna beat we're gonna beat Kansas State this year. I'm gonna go eight and four. We're gonna go to a bowl game. We're gonna, we go. we're gonna be eight and four. Eight and four. We're beating Bill Snyder and Tom Herman. Suck it. I'm not too high on the on the the Longhorn aspect of things. I don't. I mean. I uh, whatever. <laughs> the, the, them being ranked is beyond my my comprehension. How they have not had a winning season in four in like three years? How is that possible? Texas, Texas. It's just I, yeah, and they've I got. Get I, I get the brand, but it's just man. <clears throat> if if sucking gets you ranked, then we should be in a damn BCS bowl game right now. This is true. This is true. Is there uh, any 
anything anything else that we need to add from from either of you before we wrap this first podcast of football season up this week? I think I'm good. I need to hydrate before Saturday because the donor lots open up apparently at 7 a.m. So, oh, God. Uh, I'm just going to be – I'm going to be a hot mess by the time the sun gets gets real high in the sky. Uh, if any of it, anybody, any, uh, anybody wants to come visit, we'll be over on the softball field lots, G7 is what it is. Be over there. We'll have walk. We're having walking tacos. It's a good time. That's the lot right east of the stadium, right? Yeah, it's it's just so the like you had the the haunted lot that was over there. It's just yep, the other side. Right there. That's where I'm at. The, nice. All right. Well, I think I won't have it this week, but I think for the Iowa game, I'm going to get a big wide right natty life flag and put it up over my truck. Well, why don't, why don't you guys you give, give each other you your. Uh, yeah, give each other your your license plates and social security numbers, phone numbers right now, and you guys can credit my card. My mother's maiden name is. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, I think we've we've hit a wall of good content, and we passed that maybe a while ago. So we're gonna go yeah. ahead and, and wrap this up at this point. Uh, you heard it here first. Couple couple predictions for some bowl games. Uh, we're we're anticipating. A pretty comfortable win on Saturday for Iowa State over you and I. So you know what that means for Cyclone fans. It probably means we're going to be coming back here next week, licking our wounds, eating our crow. Um, but that's what that's what makes it great. So as always, you thanks for listening. We're still going to have eight Don't. wins. We're going to beat Oklahoma. <laughs> still chugging that Kool-Aid. Thanks for listening. Honestly, if we lost every... Get to Old Navy for the deal you've been waiting for all year. Flip-flops for just one buck. That's right. Flip-flops for the whole family for just one dollar. Tomorrow only at Old Navy. Valid 623, limit 10, select styles. In-store only.